Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Christopher Prunty. On today's episode, we're concluding our walk into the world of The Legend of Zelda, brought to you by our special patron, Jason. So thanks again, Jason. And remember that if you ever want to send us a prompt of your own, you can always send an email to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com, or you can always just shoot us a tweet or something like that. That's fine, too. Anyways, we left you off on a cliffhanger last week where we threw in the twist to the world of, you know, the fractured timeline of Zelda. Or if this were the game, I think we called it The Legend of Zelda and the Celestial Bridge. Our twist was somehow robots are involved. Now, who wants to bring up what they thought of that twist? Well, first, I, I, I want to make sure that I get the pronunciation right, because I keep on wanting to call them Shiites, and I know that's wrong. Is that's it the Shika? I, I, you're going to have to be more specific. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Shika. Shika, the Zelda with the teardrop yes. uh, group. I, I like the fact that the ancients are viewed as robots through a lot of those. And I, I watched a bunch of videos about how they are robots slash are golems and how they go into uh different uh kind of like, is it magic? Is it technology? Uh, and... What are the guardians? I believe they're called in uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I mean, it's there. There's always that question of what magic is compared to technology. Yeah, yeah that's that's fair. I I believe they're robots. Those I had the same yeah. thought. Uh, I mean, you could you can make the argument for sure, but you know, is it is it magical? Is it is it magically fueled robots, which is also a thing? Is is that in fact a robot, or is that just a golem at that? Point? I mean, maybe it's just really advanced technology, and we're not able to distinguish it yeah, from like that. magic. Uh, I I would <laughs> like to did. bring up the Thor two scene, uh, the terrible terrible movie Thor two: The Dark World, where Natalie Portman does make that distinction. So yeah, we can go ahead and talk about that. <laughs> I fucking hate that movie so much. I'm sorry. I apologize. It, it was great. I think I fell asleep during it. I like Thor 4. 3. 4, four three. isn't out yet. Yes. Yeah. 3, the one with, uh, what's her face? Natalie Portman? No. Natalie Portman is no, the first two. The, um, the bad guy. Loki. <laughs> no, no, not the girl. She was a girl. Valkyrie is not a bad guy. She's no, not a villain. Uh, she was, like, villainous. And oh, had, hell. Like, a bl- yes. That's yes. The one. Okay. Yep. How did we forget? Like, because in my mind, like, hell is like barely part of that movie. But, She's like the best know. part of that movie. I completely disagree, but that's <laughs> you, you mean Thor's She's so sister. hammy. I love it. She yes, she is. She knows what she's into, and she's like, yes. "I'm going to chew the fuck out of this scene." It's kind of like Jeremy Irons in the Dungeons and Dragons. Oh movie. my god, I love him in that movie. But just and that movie as, is so bad. Yes, it it it's fun bad though. It's I, so I think bad. It's, it's bad. good. Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Jeremy Irons is great in that movie. Holy shit, he's so fantastic. Fun. Yes, <laughs> uh, I think Kate Blanchett doesn't do it as hammy as no. Jeremy Irons, but she's definitely chewing. The she's trying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I don't know. I think that she could out ham Jeremy Irons. In she that could, way. but she I think that to. she actually is like, look, I'm going to treat this with a, li- a modicum of <laughs> dignity, uh, which is the opposite of what we're doing here with Chris's tenant. So, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I actually Action. I'm I'm on board with with Chris's tenant because one no, of the I agree. Was, I'm just being a dick. Yeah, no, no. Well, so one of the factions I had was also involved. Like the they call the the machines are from the ancient ones, right? Yes, right. But what was yeah. what were you going to get into, Chris? My the faction that I wanted uh, to bring up was essentially the makers of that uh, technology, which they hint at might have been the Sheikah uh, or the ancient Sheikahs or anything. And uh, if if I can expand on to my faction, it's actually uh, going through some of the lore of the games that I looked at was the guardians uh when they were either corrupted or whenever they uh came online they went to attack the temple of time and we spoke about how time multiple multiple dimensions and everything what if we had it that the sheikah or the ancient sheikah aren't essentially ancients as much as a parallel kind of timeline dimension thing and the reason that they want to destroy the uh 
Temple of Time slash Timelines is so that theirs does not get collapsed into the others like we talked about. So you're talking about a timeline where the Sheikah are the dominant and perhaps technologically advanced compared to where the other Hyrulean ages might be? Yeah, and what they're essentially doing is acting as time cops. Okay, oh, are, we like talking about, are we talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme time cops? No, we're talking about the one that has uh, Whoopi Goldberg and a dinosaur. What? Gotcha. What is that okay. one? Uh, I believe that's called Teddy and the T-Rex with Whoopi Goldberg. Wow, I've never seen that. One. It's you're, it's so not worth your time. Um, get it? it time no, it, it parallels our world perfectly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, it does. Oh, God. Actually, so it, it's funny you should mention that because the, the thing that I wanted to add to the twist as well was uh, the robots are a major reason the timeline is fracturing out of control. And I like this idea that the the Sheikah that we're dealing with here, they are um, like they are the reason that the timeline is fracturing is that they refuse to be, you know, like uh, because in all the other timelines, you know, the Sheikah are the ancients. Right. So this is the one time where they're like, we're not going to lose our empire. We refuse. And so they've built these robots to kind of manually stitch or break apart the timeline. And it's like a defiant, like we refuse to die type thing, but also we're the reason the timelines are breaking apart because we should not be. It's like a paradox almost. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, was that your Did idea or was that was, that was how I was approaching the, um, the twist that we had. Yeah. Oh, wow. That seamlessly goes in. Well, no, my, my idea was just the robots are a major reason the timeline is fracturing oh, okay, out of control. Okay. But when you bring up the Sheikah, I'm like, oh, cool. I got an idea. Perfect. Okay. okay do, do we know like what the relationship, and at least in Zelda, because I don't know this, um, like how the ancient ones slash and the, the machines like are related to the goddesses? Because like our, our main antagonist is like the time goddess, right? Yeah. Uh, sure let's let's go ahead and sort call of. them an antagonist yeah yeah so there's an argument to be made that they're in the they're in the right in this right thing, but, you know. when i was looking through it uh there's very little lore about it it's a mysterious okay. thing but one of the beliefs or things that is in uh hyrule historia is that one of the yeah, that's the book. That's the literal the, book of the, canon. That the Nintendo book of out. canon. Uh, yeah. One of the beliefs that someone has, and it's just like a one sentence thing, is where they believe that they might have been cursed by the gods. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So there's an opposition between oh. the two of them. Yeah. Actually, actually, what might be cool here is that what we're witnessing is like the beginning of the curse of the gods, right? Like it's, again, if we're going into one of our favorite tropes that is like cyclical natures of time, then, you know, maybe that's what we're seeing here is that this is how they begin to be cursed in the first place. You know? I blame true crime for that. I'm sorry, uh, true detective. Oh, time being a flat circle and all. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> I love that. Understandable. That's a great show. Goddamn. Mm -hmm. Go watch. Stop listening to our shitty podcast and go listen to go watch True Detective. <laughs> Not season two, though. Skip yeah, I heard that two. second one sucks. Uh, season three, I've heard is pretty good, but I got so gun shy after season two um, that I'm like, you know, season um, one is all they needed. Yeah, I yeah, think well, that I mean, is season one was they, fantastic. I'm glad they do it as an anthology. Um, yeah, true, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Daniel, what so what was your approach to the the robots? I mean, weirdly enough, I also was thinking about the machines of the ancient ones um, and I was reading about them. And from what I under so and I thought that there was some connection. I wanted there to be some connection between what Zelda calls the interlopers or the shadow people. Um, and when I was reading, I think they're also connected to the Sheikah, if not are the Sheikah. They so are. Yeah, go they are right. Is that I, true? I mean, in as much as I've tried to wrap my mind around mm -hmm. some of the lore, uh, yes. <laughs> okay. So what I was thinking is like the use of the machines, but of the ancient ones transforms you into an interloper or shadow person. And that um, the Sheikah in this universe can use them without harm because they, they were transformed by the use of them. So I'm, now I'm curious, like, okay, well, if the machines are a resistance to this, time stuff that the goddess is up to 
you know, like how does that work with the faction? Um, and I was also thinking like there would then be like a conflict of like finding one of the Sheikah who um, maybe are part of that death cult, Zelda's death cult that we came up with um, <laughs> to join the party to help them because they need to use the machines. Oh, this is actually something that I kind of wanted to talk about really briefly mm-hmm. is that this is supposed to be like creating a setting based around Zelda. And right. we've done something in it, uh, inadvertently that I think is really brilliant which is if you're putting this and playing this as a tabletop RPG, you know, like what's the problem when you have uh, serialized or, or canonized fiction in a setting? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to play one of those characters, right? Right, right. And s- brilliantly on our part, we've actually circumvented the problems by having the multiple timelines. So if one person wants to play Link and mm-hmm. the other person wants to play Link, guess what? They're just both different Link. versions of Link that you can <laughs> right. play. Right. And I wanted to point that out because I was, I mean, as I was listening to the episode again to get prepared, I'm like, wait a minute, this is actually pretty smart. <laughs> I, I yeah, and they're different versions. That's kind of neat. Yeah, because you could, yeah. both of you could play Ganon and one might be like, you know, a Ganon who hasn't reached his Ganon status yet. And maybe it's a female Ganon or you could play exactly. like post Ganon Ganon, you know, from a previous universe. Abs- and you could still play your dark edgy Ganon if you wanted mm-hmm. to be like Demon King Ganon. Absolutely. Edge- Edgelord Ganon. Ganon. You exactly. Could play too. Yeah. It, I, was, I was like blown away at how, how well that kind of, we kind of circumvented a lot of that nonsense. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. I apologize. Let's, let's get back to the twist. I'm, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting today. I'm just one of those people. <laughs> I'm trying to understand. Okay. So I'm trying to understand the big picture here. So we've got time goddess trying to set things right, or whether that's good or bad by undoing this multiple universe stuff. Right. Right. And then we've got the machines, which don't want that to happen. Is that correct? Which is, which I think we've now established as part of the Sheikah Empire, like this ancient yeah. Sheikah Empire, correct? So they're opposed but- to the goddess. And um, I, I'm introducing that the use of the machines is what turns people into Sheikah. So I don't know what the ancient ones are. Maybe they preceded the Sheikah and created them in some way or somehow. Well, I think um, we can. I think here is where we can kind of get into the cyclical nature of time. Yeah. Like, I think that's where we're getting into here. Okay. And that's... That's also something that I always loved about the like Abolith and Alithids was the fact oh, that yeah. they, they were like refuge refugees of their own future slash past. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but when you're talking about Zelda, you have to talk about messing around with time. I mean, like Skyward Sword and Ocarina of Time and, you know, like time and time manipulation play a big part in it could be like a bootstrap paradox as far as the the ancient ones slash the Sheikah go. Like they created themselves through like a bootstrap paradox. Are, are you saying is it a Bill and Ted timeline or is it a Back <laughs> to the Future? I'm thinking timeline? like um, the anti time situation at the end of Star Trek. Bootstrap paradox. <laughs> I swear we're gonna have one episode where we don't talk about Star Trek. <laughs> Never. <laughs> this is this is not that episode. Oddly enough, that will be when we get a prompt where someone yes. wants us to do it in Star Trek. <gasps> someone give us a Star Trek prompt, please. I agree. I, I mean, I can't stop anyone, but like, yeah. Um, One second, I'm making a fake. Gmail. We can we can then have like a um, a watchathon with Rob, and we can show him some key episodes. Can we just watch DS9? I kind of want to get to know. We Garrett. could do DS9. We could do DS9. All right, cool. Actually, I should probably just skip season one of TNG and just go straight into season two. Huh? Yeah, that's true. Although there's it, a few good episodes in season one. It really because I got like halfway yeah. through and I didn't give a fuck about any of them. So Not yeah, because the like there's 22 Q? episodes. Good lord. Okay. Yeah. Q fucking sucks. Q is awful. <laughs> I love Q. He is my favorite. <laughs> All right. Speaking Jordan hates Q too. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, this is why Jordan's great. <laughs> my wife yes my wife so speaking of dumb shit uh i'm gonna go into my faction now because i'm just bursting at the seams to get it out there uh so i don't know if you've noticed but we've taken zelda and we've gone in a pretty serious place with it right um but zelda is not always known for the darkness necessarily like we had the edgy phase with twilight princess and stuff like that but i wanted a little bit more fun I wanted a little bit more whimsy. And so I've created the Groose Guild, which is uh, Groose, for those of you who do not know, Groose is the dumbass character from Skyward Sword who is Link's rival. And I'm going to pause the podcast here so Daniel and Chris can listen to his theme. 
All right, and we're back. Uh, they have listened to the theme, and now they know everything that they need to know about Groose. <laughs> <laughs> he is basically a slightly less evil version of Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. He is dumb and broy and jockish, and he's got like he's kind of got like a good heart, kinda, but he's also just kind of dumb. This is obviously not the. I'm not going with the fan theory that Groose is the progenitor to the Garuda. That is actually a thing that exists, that Ganon is like a direct descendant of Groose. I'm not going that line. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> but I want there to be, because I was thinking like these factions, if we're introducing them into like multiple timelines, there has to be a collective, like they have to exist across all the timelines. And I want the Groose guild to just be fucking up on every single timeline because they're fun and they're dumb and it's great. And that's my faction. So, so are, what do they do? Oh, sorry. Are they just all different versions of him? Yes. Just, just like we have different versions of Ganon and just like we have different versions of Zelda and Link, we're going to have all Groose all the time. What's the guild do? Like, what, what are they about? They be Groose. They just do Groose things. They're mostly except. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> no exactly. one knows. It's provocative. Oh my god! But what, is he like a merchant yeah. or a? Oh, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> like he's like a bizarre turnip man. <laughs> With just horrible smile. What Groose is, is great. Thank you very much. What is, is his job? <laughs> he His job is to win the race during Skyward Sword, where he has to race birds and shit. That's, that's oh. his whole deal. He's basically like a 1980s like jock villain. Oh, and I villain? want an entire guild of them. Oh, a guild of these villains. Yeah, they're not villains. They're like friendly, slightly evil villains. Right. Are they like... <laughs> are they like i don't know like outdoorsmen yeah I oh mean, okay. you did say like let's, Gaston. let's go with that so it's like it's like a bunch of rangers that are goofy and and dumb yes like i said gaston from beauty and the beast think of gaston okay. from beauty and the beast yeah i see or take like the ranger from lord of the rings and make him more like homer simpson is what you're saying you mean that's Aragorn? not a bad way i mean that's not a bad way of putting it i guess <laughs> Were you, were you trying to upset me? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find a common tongue. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, the real Zelda fans will know who Groose is, and I'm sure they're <laughs> cackling with delight that I've introduced an, an entire faction of Grooseites to uh, to just fuck up all the timelines simultaneously. Well, I'm glad that that, that should make them happy. I, I, your bewilderment only empowers me, by the way. So this is totally fine. I, I have faith that you know what you're doing here. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, uh, Daniel, why don't you go ahead and roll into your guild now or your, your faction? I, I had a similarly absurd uh, inspiration. Um, I was looking for little known or like lesser known Easter egg or slash secrets of Zelda. And I came across old man Ho-Ho. <laughs> who <laughs> apparently is this these these well there's one and there's also a bunch of these little guys that they're these these weird old men with bloodshot eyes who are looking through telescopes a lot um and they're, apparently they're from phantom hourglass um and from what i understand they have knowledge of the triforce um and i think in the game they give you a a, a chart as to where to find pieces of it and they claim to be from a place called Way Away, which is um, some distant, far off location. So I'm thinking, okay, these are pretty weird away. dudes. Yeah. So I'm like, well, maybe Way Away really isn't just a faraway island. It's like an island in multiple of these realities. Um, but it's 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 a, it's the same island in all the realities, but it exists in different places. So it's like it transcends the realities. It's like one of a kind. And these weird dudes like actually. Um, are time resistant in some way. So they're helpful to get information from because they know stuff, you know, in caps and quotes. Um, and they know things about the Triforce that the the heroes in the setting would really desperately need. But they're also really weird 
and obviously hard to find because, you know, I guess in the game you encounter a little group of them, but it's not from their homeland. I, I see that someone did real deep wiki dive on yes. what's the fucking weirdest character that I can get. Somehow scrolled past Groose and got to Old Man Ho-Ho. <laughs> I mean, the name, Old Man Ho-Ho, I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I'm like, I gotta go with this. And maybe these guys, like, collect stuff, because I think they're kind of, they look like the kind of guys, like, Santa elves. They'd be collecting weird crap, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I respect it. I did an entire Groose guild, so I can't, <laughs> I can't knock you on your fucking Old Man Ho-Ho collective over here. <laughs> That's what Although- they're called, the Old Man Ho-Ho collective. <laughs> Although, I, uh, you know, to be serious, I think that that actually be kind of fun because it's mm-hmm. like you, you have like what is essentially an information broker. Right? Yes. Yes. And that's fun. You know, that, that's that's interesting. They like yeah. sell stuff. Maybe they sell information, which is a cool point because they like exist. They are um, a time. What do you call it? Like time independent from the rest of the dimensions. A lot of the conflicts that you uh, see throughout Zelda also have to do with different realms or different things that are beneath. Uh, so you know the Shadow Temple and kind of like the Shadow Realm? Uh, this is different than like Low Rule and High Rule, correct? This is the the Twilight? Or the yeah, Twilight, kind of. There's the, the Realm of Light, the Realm of Shadow, and then the yeah. In-Between, which I think is referred to as the Realm of Twilight. Yes. I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, now, uh, I forget the name of the village, but it's where the Shadow Temple was. And it is linked a lot to the uh, Sheikah. I really think I'm mispronouncing that. But uh, in in it, it is believed that uh, some of the bosses and creatures there are uh, Sheikah that are kind of tainted with shadow. Like the main boss that I do remember was Bongo Bongo. Mm-hmm. If you remember him. Uh, and let me just show a picture of bongo bongo because i love is he the one with the hands in his eyes yeah 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 i remember bongo bongo yeah and it is believed that he might have just been uh, a sheikah that got tainted with shadow kind of thing and the off split that i want to do when i was saying that the ancients are acting as time cops i want this to be kind of uh what happens to them when they get corrupted in a different timeline so say that uh you are located in timeline a and it gets collapsed into timeline b but you have some sort of thing that preserves you because you're not from either timeline this is what happens to you something you become, like this. you become a giant monster with eyes for hands or you, beca- you hand, become a monster so much more or less you become a monster <laughs> yeah you not, become not. a twilly or isn't that isn't that what happens to, or like isn't that how all the twilly are born and why they all look super messed up except for sexy sexy midna <laughs> is anything truly sexy in in zelda uh my folder on my computer would say yes okay yeah i would agree with that actually <laughs> um look uh i may Ganondorf not door can plow my fields any day that's all oh I'm my goodness oh yeah. my goodness except for fat Ganondorf. i'm not body shaming but i do prefer other versions of Ganondorf. do you just mean literal pig Ganondorf? wait or? you're no. gonna make me really google this i hate you Google, oh, Google what? It. Fat Ganondorf? No, I, what Ganondorf really looks like. Wait, you Ganondorf don't... is a sexy Garuda man. What are you talking about? Oh, he's a dude? Okay. What? Let me see. What? Wow. Ganondorf. No, I mean like he's as opposed to a pig man. <gasps> yes. Whoa. Okay. Daniel. Holy shit, man. I don't what? know a lot about Zelda. When's the last Zelda game you played? Zelda 2 on Nintendo. <laughs> Last I saw, he was a giant pig man. <laughs> oh my god. Actually, that one had this weird, I don't know, giant demon turnip at the end and an evil link. <laughs> I didn't even get to fight Ganon. Once again on turnips. I don't know oh why. Oh my god, Daniel, this is... You remember at the end of that game, like you had to fight yourself and then immediately fight this giant demon turnip. I don't think it was Ganon. Was it Ganon? Yeah, was Ganon, Ganon is a giant pig. Ganondorf like is a pig. Oh. <laughs> All right, we've just sent some screenshots to Daniel in oh, Discord. Let me see. Oh, okay. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> like, I think you mean that's a lot of man to handle. Yeah, and yes, I. What is this weird penis-looking thing? That's I did not life. share that. I 
Rest in peace. Peter. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, there was like the the doofy turnip guy, right? Got grass gristle. This was a dream that you had when you had a fever after feeding an entirely different Nintendo franchise for the last episode. <laughs> you got the pirated ah. version where But what's they... this this flower penis that you sent me after the picture of of Gris? That's Bongo oh, Bongo. What no, that's f- Bongo Bongo. Oh, that's... so he's a flower penis. I no. See. Wait, actually I'm not one to judge for that, so maybe you're right. Rob, <laughs> I don't know wait. how much of this I'm cutting, but I'm definitely cutting some of it. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, Ganondorf is hot. We can move on. Yeah. We can move to the, we can move to the, I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> there were time cops. Something uh, about people being turned into monsters. In oh, Dimension. you, you brought up. Guys, this entire episode is such a fucking disaster and I love it. Like, I think I it's love great. That. No, you were oh talking about God. someone from the shadow realm and yes. them being attractive. And I don't, and then, and then we went into Ganondorf and you thought he was only the pig. Yes, Exactly. Ah, right, right, okay. Oh, because you had mentioned, like, is anyone truly sexy in Zelda? Yes. I said, yes, Ganondorf. Okay, yeah, we're back. Okay, we're back on track. We're back on track. <laughs> Holy sh- I'm going to, I'm probably going to keep all of that. Because that was just such a glorious train wreck. Do it. Um, fuck. All right. Here's, what's your conflict, Daniel? And please give me a pro. Daniel, <laughs> please save us from that train wreck with your, with your conflict. What is your what conflict? Mean with- the flower penises that I was talking about before. Oh no! Conflict. <laughs> <laughs> so my conflict is very simple, um, and I thought it would be appropriate because it involves we we already have time as being an antagonist. I was thinking like there needs to be a time limit to the solution of the overall um, issue in the game. So if it's in the game format, and a bit players would hate this, but I, I'm interested in it. Is you can't just like wander around forever to all these realms. Like we established that the the more you travel between realms, the more things change. So I'm thinking like either there's a time limit before things go really bad, or the more you dilly dally, the weirder things will get, and then the more difficult. So you just want to do Majora's Mask? Is, is that what happens in that game? Oh, absolutely. I like how there's, you're a, creating there's a hard time game. limit of like three days. But oh, okay. the way time manipulation works, you can kind of go back and forth. I'm thinking like maybe it's not like a hard time limit, but that like the more you t- if you go from realm to realm to realm, the more you do that, the more the whole timeline gets polluted and then the weirder things get. So I think coupled with Chris's concept of like being transformed into a monster, that might be kind of cool. <laughs> well, I was saying like what the concept of like the potential for being transformed into a monster, if that could be coupled with like traversing through these realms it has a time limit in the sense like it gets riskier and riskier it would be neat you know from a from a perspective of like conflict because now you're like taking risks when you're traveling each time how do we integrate that is it like a sliders or or is it a quantum leap situation where every time you move you move into the body of a different character I think maybe their the realms are related in ways that we don't understand. So maybe it's like, okay, you're not literally like replacing people. You go to another realm and you can meet your parallel. So you can meet the other Zelda there, right? And it's not going to cause a problem. So they're different realities, but they maybe they're related to each other in some subtle way. So like, say you killed that Zelda. Now maybe in another realm, something weird happens because of that. Like there's somehow, maybe it's the um, the archetypes that are bound together that if you break those archetypes, things get fucked up. Okay. Interesting. I don't know how we reckon with that, though. That's okay. I mean, I think it, it links up to what the, 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 the time goddess is trying to do. She's trying to make things consistent through the archetypes, right? She wants them all to go back to the way they were. Just trying to and clean things up. your party's like wrecking stuff. Like you're going from timeline to timeline to stop her, right? And part of that is convincing evil or evil Link in this timeline to give up his Linkness and become a farmer. Right. Or to take Zelda off the throne because she hates being Zelda and let her, you know, become a warrior in this particular realm. And that messes with the time goddess's plans. So maybe that's the effect. Like when you change it in this one realm, you fuck up other realms. So your goal in each new realm of Zelda 
is to find the Triforce of people and then disrupt the Triforce in some way so you can continue to mess with the... So at, by doing that... <laughs> We're the bad guys. <laughs> basically. But no, because you're trying to save all the timelines from... Yeah. Or potentially, right? Well, well, the idea would be is, you know, like this is the plan that the Time Goddess has. Yeah. And then by disrupting the Triforce in some way, you extend your clock just a little bit. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, so, yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah, that we can we can fuck with that. We can, yeah. we can certainly do something with that. All right. Um my my conflict is actually uh way more meta than that. Mm-hmm. And uh you'll excuse me because it's kind of cheating, but <laughs> my conflict is one that is universal actually because I was thinking about the themes in the Legend of Zelda and you know, a, one of the major features of the legend of Zelda is of course the sense of adventure and the sense of exploration that you feel right. Like when you're there's there, well, Daniel wouldn't, wouldn't know anything about this really, but when you're like cresting over a hill and you see, you know, like the fields for the first time and, or when you first get, you know, Epona and you're able to like traverse all around and you're going into the lost woods and you're going into the lava area and stuff like that there's this really cool sense of like grand scale of exploration. Same with breath of the wild as well. Right. Where you can basically just walk in a direction and then experience all sorts of cool adventures. My biggest conflict is how you evoke that in a tabletop RPG, because realistically I tend to see exploration and the payoff to exploration to be visual. When you see something that's when you get like the, the awe, right? So my question, my conflict, and I know it's cheating. I don't give a fuck. How do you evoke that sense of awe in exploration in a tabletop game? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think part of it might be um, engaging the players in collaborative world building. And so this is a weird way to answer it, but like, if if they if if you kind of prompt them to build like you're you're describing this landscape that Zelda can travel through that has all these vistas basically, like if you invite the players to add things to these vistas, suddenly the world feels bigger to them. Like if you tell them like, okay, we're building this desert landscape, you know, what's the temple that's on the other side of it, or what what ocean could be out there beyond the desert? Like they start creating the vista in their mind. So that might be one way to approach it. But you're not experiencing that same sense of grandeur when you're, when you create it, right? Like you can't, like, I suppose that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is I want you, I want players in a Zelda game to crest over a hill and see some geographic feature and be like, whoa. And oh, feel- then it might, it might have to be randomness then. Like, so in a combination with that, because if you have <clears throat> if you have those prompts, but you have random generation, then there's a sense of discovery. If they have to set you, let's say you roll on a table and you say like, okay, you're going to give me a temple, and there's like multiple things that could happen. They discover that thing essentially at that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I want uh, I want listeners' input on this as well because I really do feel like this is a a tough question, and I want to know how people out there have kind of gotten around it, or I want to know if people have ever felt that during an exploration phase of the game, because that's something that I've always wanted to, uh, that's one of my favorite things about tabletop games and in adventure games in general is the sense of awe that you feel while you're exploring. And I find it's difficult to evoke in role-playing games. So if you, I want to hear from, you know, the listeners, what your experiences are with that, what you think works and what you think has worked as a DM or player, you know, just tell me about a time, but I want to hear about it because it's a problem that I still haven't been able to crack myself. Uh, I had a backup by the way, if the, um, if the meta conflict isn't enough, I just, I just want to throw in low rule and high rule in there somehow. Uh, Low rule is the, it has the like nega triforce where they have like the hero of, cowardice and like weakness and wisdom or some shit like that right where it's like basically the opposite world of hyrule it's it's in um link between worlds 
and other games that I'm blanking on at the moment. But that's wait, wait, okay. wait. Is there actually a Nega Triforce? Yeah. Oh it's my. it's actually, if you look at the Triforce, there's space for another Triforce in between the other ones. Oh, upside yeah. down, though. What does it do? Uh, it's just the evil Triforce, basically. Oh, or okay. actually, it's not even evil. It's just like opposite world Triforce. Okay. So... Cowardice, uh, stupidity, and weakness. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Actually, in, in Link Between Worlds, there is a uh, the the spoilers for Link Between Worlds game that you guys aren't going to play, um, but you should because it's fucking great. But no, there in in that game, it's revealed much later on that the hero of courage. is actually a huge coward in Low Rule, and that's why he escapes to High Rule to sell you like adventuring gear and stuff like that because he doesn't have the courage to actually face his demons and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a cool little twist and everything like that. But anyway, uh, yeah. So low rules involved, fill in the blanks, you know, like they just want their timeline to be the major timeline. Maybe they want to flip polarities. So they're not just shit on by Hyrule all the time. That's, that's also a link between worlds thing, but that's fine. Maybe that's uh, where the um, the machines come from, and the ancient, the ancient ones. Well, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. Ha- explain. Because um, we thought we were thinking of them as like almost antagonists to the time goddess, but also not necessarily part of the party. So maybe like the Sheikah come from that realm, and they're opposed to the time goddess, but they're not really in Ooh. helping the party. You know. Okay, maybe maybe they escape to low rule to avoid oh. detection from the time goddess or yes, something like that. I like that. Okay. Yeah, that we can definitely do Are that. Are you I saying like they're that. laying low? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're no, you're not quite. They're laying low rule. <laughs> low rule. Yeah, exactly. We're here all day, guys. <laughs> oh man. Remember that time that we lost all of our subscribers and no. fans? Yeah, that's that great. It's when I mentioned the flower penis. Honestly, it's not even that bad. Um, Chris has said worse. Uh, we've had to cut it, but he's definitely said worse. Well, th- I think that wraps up our conflicts and factions. So that means that we're going to roll into our hooks for The Legend of Zelda, which I mean, like, there's already so many goddamn hooks, but, you know, why not come, why we, we come up with some, another, some, some more of them, right? I hope we land on the Star Trek. Someday it's a weird we're going to we're gonna have to tie them up and then just make them watch all of it. All of it. Who's going to pull it out so I can pee in the middle? It's okay. I'll, I'll do it for you. As long all as right, it means you watch all of it. All right, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, where are we? All right. All right, so here's where we get really weird with the plot hooks, okay? We're basically going from the very bog-standard fantasy that is Zelda and now we're going to throw in different genre, uh, different genre things that we can kind of fuck around with for products. So let's see what happens first. We're going to roll. And how do we make Zelda? How do we create a plot hook in Zelda that is horror inspired? Uh, I've got one for that. That was my main one. Okay, go ahead. Um, so I am a huge fan of second edition Ravenloft. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah, so like Zelda, I don't think lends itself necessarily, I mean, it could, but I don't really see Zelda so much as being like a zombie horror movie or like a alien horror kind of situation, but I could see it being like Ravenloft because Ravenloft's got this like Victorian dark gothic styling and I can That's see, big. yeah, like I could see um, Ganondorf or Ganon as being like um, an Alucard or like a Strahd vampire character and I could see zelda being that gothic knight and i could sense zelda um link and zelda being like you know uh, in an elaborate gown and she's like got a crossbow or something okay um, I, I i'm fully in love with gothic like gothic horror yeah zelda. like that is that like that whole concept is really awesome and mists everywhere and spookiness and but like not not bloody horror spooky but like romantic spooky you know like like Wallmaster spooky like What's, uh redead spooky uh, these are all these are all enemies from uh the zelda games that you have oh yeah there so, you go uh, yeah so that i don't know but yes <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah i remember that one the wall master is terrifying because it's like this giant hand that comes out of nowhere and snatches no. you up 
and like pulls you in. You can struggle free. Oh, it's great. It's great fun and terrifying. And it makes sense because the domains of dread kind of parallels these separate parallel realities we're talking about. Yeah, you could have actually you could have all of the sages represent like one of the dreadlords, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was that was easy and fun. Uh, I now kind of want to just have an entire Zelda game that is, you know, like spooky Ravenloft now. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. So let's see. What do we got next? We're going to roll for another genre. And that genre is somewhere over this way. All right. So the next hook that we have to do is going to be related to. All right. How do we take the Legend of Zelda? and turn it into a superhero franchise. Hmm. You could just power up the Triforce significantly, or at least allow them to Uh, tap into it more. That is a brilliant way to create superheroes, I believe. You know, like, when Gandorf gets the Triforce of power, he's basically Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You could also do it where I, I believe in one of the games, uh, the Triforce split into Triforce shards. Oh, okay. Now so you could, there. so that would allow more people to have uh, like different variances of power. Because imagine if you, uh, not to say that you had like all of the shards of power, but what if you had like six shards of power, six shards of uh, courage, and like two of wisdom. Yeah, and now I'm and now I'm just picturing Groose getting some of these shards to try for his uh, power. Why do, why oh, doing dear that? God! Because Groose is amazing. Groose needs more love. Damn it! Jesus. I know he's terrible. I first of all, I know he's terrible. Yes, oh. thank you. He looks like he like he was from Final Fantasy, but he he like lost his way and ended up in Zelda on accident. So we've got like superpowered Groose, okay, because of the shards. I, that's actually a very simple and easy way to kind of do that. Plus, I would imagine that. We can even have it go a step further where each shard of the Triforce like uh, is different compared to who picks it up and what, you know, like what if what it evokes from them, you know, like each each character has a different imprint on the Triforce in some way. Actually, wait a minute. What we could do is like we could have a storyline and I know this is going off the rails. I don't give a fuck. I, we can have a storyline where the the Triforce shatters and everyone is like freaking out. And so there's obviously this, you know, this struggle or, or this like clamor to get all of the shards of the Triforce back together again. Mm-hmm. But what they recognize is that when they pick up these shards of the Triforce, they gain superpowers in some way or they gain some kind of power related to which piece that they get. And then this is actually just the Triforce's way of, re- of of absorbing power again, is that there's like this symbiotic relationship where, yes, they give the person superpowers, but they're also like gaining energy by them using that shard of the Triforce as well. I like the idea, too, of um, since the Triforce pieces are bound to like some adjective, that it brings out that adjective in them as a superheroic power. Absolutely. I mean, so it's like unique for each person. Right. And power isn't just about, you know, super strength. It could be mm-hmm. a number of things. And I think that's kind of where you get into it. I mean, yeah. ironically, I can view it as uh, I think it's called the power triangle. Where it would be like tri- yeah, the Triforce. Yeah. The triforce. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, uh, utility, uh, defense, oh, oh, offense right. kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah, and you could see. I liked it better def- when it was a dumb idea that you're just trying to say Triforce wrong. Oh, shut up. <laughs> it could courage is defense, power is, uh, I mean, yeah, power is uh, offense, and wisdom is utility. Oh, that actually makes sense. I could definitely see that. Uh, w- would wisdom be utility? Well, see, now here's where we get into the nitty gritty, and I feel like. This is an entirely different conversation. It's a point by system, and it's going to be <laughs> outlined like this. It's, yeah, it's all GURPS too, by the way. Oh God, yeah. like Lego. It's like it's like RPG Legos. I'm shocked that you didn't do mass uh, mutant. Mon- Wait, is it master and mutant minds? Mutants and masterminds. That, that's See, I went with GURPS because GURPS is more complex. So <sighs> no, we're right. use fatal. Bungie. Our final plot hook for the Zelda franchise is going to be. 
rolled again because that was superhero. Here we go. Even it's more. going to be modern day. So let's take Zelda and put it in the modern day. And I think this is actually, I think this is perhaps more bizarre than the sci-fi option. Because to me, I can see Link and Zelda in like starships and laser swords and yeah. stuff like that. I have a much harder time putting them in a modern day setting. Well, why are we talking about like literally converting it to modern day concepts? Or is it like Mario, the live action movie? <laughs> Which one are we doing here? I want you it to be that one <laughs> so much. Although it was that both. <laughs> I, I am not often left speechless, Daniel. But Are you talking about the classic film with... Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario. And Luigi yes, Mario, course, yes. yes. Like I'm, I mean, I'm asking, I'm asking, like, you know, are we? Is it like you know how like Joss Whedon will do like a modern day um, Shakespeare play? Is it like that, or is it like more fantastic, like the Mario live action movie? I'm gonna go. Okay, I, I want the live action movie. You can't invoke the name of the live action Mario Brothers movie <laughs> and not expect us to immediately go there because that's what <laughs> you know. Because I love that movie. Like, Princess Peach. It's like, it's so cool. It just makes sense, you know? Oh, my God. What? Daniel, I I really question you in general. (laughs) I love that movie. Because, like, turning Mario into live action already is like, are you you kidding me? Like, why would you? Why? And yet it works. (laughs) Like, it's King Koopa as that dude who, like, at the very end turns into a dinosaur. I know. It's just, it's hilarious. Shout out to Cody Johnston and uh, some more news for their two-hour-long movie that they did (laughs) that heavily features the Mario Brothers movie. So go check that out (laughs) as well. It is is actually fantastic. Yeah. Uh, All right. so, So how... Okay, so who is, who is Ganondorf in the modern day? Is he a Yakuza crime boss with a bunch of like sexy lady assassins? Because that's where my brain. Yeah, is. I think so. Like, like that, like maybe leaning business oh. dudeish too. I oddly enough, I could see Link just being a grizzled, uh, disenfranchised soldier. He's kind of wafy though. No, he's a farm boy. He's like the everyman. He can't be a grizzled soldier. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He was drafted. <laughs> no, that doesn't make that, that doesn't make a difference to me. He's still the whole thing is that he comes from nothing. He's the literal hero from the hero's journey. What's mm. the guy in Twilight, the the vampire? Edward Cullen? But what's the actor? Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson would play Link. Robert Pattinson's a good actor, though. I don't know if he'd do that. But he could definitely play Link. He's wafy enough. Whoa, whoa. Are you saying any of the actors that were... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's Chris Evans. Chris Evans is Link. Chris Evans. No, I hate Chris Evans. I hate him. How do you hate Chris Evans? He's great. Wasn't he... Unless I'm confusing him with the guy... Who did did Kirk in Star Trek? The new Star Trek. Oh, that's not Chris Evans. Oh, okay. Chris Evans is Captain America and the guy from Knives Out. Oh, okay. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Chris Evans is great. Yeah, Yeah, he's great. Or, or actually, oh, you know, you know who we could also do? Hmm. We could just do uh, Ryan Gosling and have the link, for, the Legend of Zelda, <laughs> like drive very Ryan serious forgives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, oh, God. no, we should just cast. Let's cast Mark Hamill as he is today as Link. <laughs> that makes less sense. Okay, we've clearly failed. We've clearly failed this plot hook. I'm jettisoning. We're, I apologize. We're what, about, what about Yakuza? Yakuza Ken? I thought that was brilliant. Okay, Yakuza Ken is kind of fun, yes. But <laughs> whatever. It's fun. That... Kira Knightley is Zelda. Or no, okay, no. No, I know who Zelda is. It's um the so who's the because I want to do like a gothy Zelda. So like what's the girl in that bitch in apartment 13? Um, that's the name of the show. Um, no, it's she's she's also a superhero. Thank you very much. Oh, you're talking about Jessica Jones's actress? Yes. What's okay. the actress? I could definitely see that. Uh, I... Oh, are you talking about Kristen Ritter? Yes. Yes. Jones? She's fantastic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 
yeah, I could see her as a cool, like, edgy kind of Zelda. Yeah, yeah like sure. Link will be kind of doofy. So like, well, he, Chris Evans would play like a goofy kind of dumb guy, like a dumb jock guy. And she'd be like no, really no, smart and awesome. Bruce. We need Bruce. <laughs> Bruce is even dumber and jockier. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think Ryan Gosling as Zelda, he could be like a silent protagonist too. <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. Perfect. <laughs> oh my God, this is so dumb. I love I'm it. into oh, it now. I want to watch this terrible movie. movie. Oh, fuck. All right, we're ending. I, I, we need to end this. Seven billion dollar budget. Let's go. Seven, yeah. Give him like 700 million. Uh, actually, we could probably pitch this to the show writers for Go- uh, for Game of Thrones, and they'd probably do it. <laughs> Those idiots, yeah, exactly. Catch <laughs> <laughs> it up, yeah. Uh, well, thank you for listening to our dumb bullshit for another hour. Uh, we love you very much. Remember that if you want to hear us ramble about your dumb bullshit idea for about an hour or two, you can always go ahead and shoot us an email at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. Or you can shoot us a Twitter tweet over at Let's World Build. Alternatively, if you want to come hang out with us, come do it on our Discord. And if you're feeling particularly generous or if you want some sweet VIP features, go to our Patreon and send us some money. You don't have to, but it's cool if you do. Anyway, remember, uh, so, so thanks again for listening. Remember that we love you very much. We'll see you next week because we're going to get through this. Again.